Welcome to the Manor. Welcome to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm one of your hosts, Jody. And I'm James. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, this episode, um, we are going to be discussing The Hobbit and uh, the book and Peter Jackson's movies. And uh, some of the differences between the two. Don't know how in-depth we'll get, but we will certainly try in the time we are allowing ourselves. <laughs> it's not like we can't do another episode. You know, we, we can always take it, say, you know, a third at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as, uh, as, as was mentioned in our introductory episode, um, one of the things we've tried to do is kind of change how we how we think of the book versus the movie and and going back to uh, professor tolkien's idea that uh, the hobbit and the lord of the rings both were translations from the red book of westmarch um which again was uh, according to the appendices in the lord of the rings um and i think actually mentioned maybe in the text somewhere but really remember off the top of my head um tolkien stories were kind of supposed to be translations from the red book um so i think uh, he uh, i think he had it on the dust jacket uh yeah yeah later is the dust jacket of the hobbit and he he gives a long string of dwarf runes uh, which are really anglo-saxon runes and it uh, reads if you translate it the hobbit or they're back again being the record of years journey made by bilbo baggins of hobbiton compiled from his memoirs by J.R.R. tolkien and published by george allen and unwin limited and yeah I, I, and I, there I, you I, have it I'm, I'm reading it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, well i was gonna say i know you had actually texted me that earlier that picture so that's um, what i'm reading it from <laughs> yeah and and um, I, having just recently read it, read the book, reread the book, and and watched the movies, and I'll get into that in a minute. Um, I actually do. That's I was thinking of that paragraph when I was <laughs> uh, trying to explain everything. Um, uh, the the idea being that instead of uh, instead of looking at Peter Jackson's movies as an adaptation of Tolkien's book, we kind of yeah we're kind of looking at it now as an alternate translation of the Red Book of Westmarch. Um, and, and going back to the fact that multiple translations of classic texts from ancient times or older times, or uh, well, even more contemporary times, I don't remember how many languages uh, Lord of the Rings and Hobbit had been translated into, but I know uh, it's I several have, dozen. I have the Irish version saved on my wish list to buy on Hobbad. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> cool. Once I get my Irish down a bit more, I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, cool. I'll, I'll, that actually sounds pretty cool. As I've said about three times already. <laughs> um, so anyway, anyway um, now there are, uh, obviously there, you know, the whole, the whole point of this is that there are differences between the two. Peter Jackson and uh, Fran Walsh, I think, uh, who helped co-write it, and uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro, who also helped write it and was originally supposed to direct The Hobbit. Uh, one of the things they did was they drew from the appendices in the back of The Return of the King, Volume 3 of The Lord of the Rings, and it included a bunch of stuff that chronologically took place during The Hobbit, but was not included in that book, such as some of the stuff with Radagast, also, uh, the White Council and dealing with the uh, fortress at uh, Dol Guldur. Personally, I very much enjoyed those additions. Well, I enjoyed them being added, of course. Yeah, how they executed them. <laughs> yeah. How they executed them, I think, is up to some debate. Um, 
as is a lot of the stuff in, in those movies anyway. Um, and, 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 and for the record, uh, I enjoy all of the movies that Peter Jackson has directed, uh, all the, all the, the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings movies. Um, but yeah, there are, there are some, there, there's some things I wish had been done differently. Uh, you know, and that, but that's the thing though, uh, you know, like we were saying, when you're talking about treating it as a different translation, take for example, barrel scenes uh, during what was the second movie. I don't remember what the chapter name was in the book, but uh, barrels, where they- Barrels out of bound? The barrels out of bond? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, anyway, where, where Bilbo and the dwarves escape from uh, the Elven King's realm. The movie- um, Yes, by the way, thank you for starting with this one. I'm ever so pleased. <laughs> Um, I, I think the scene in the movie is extremely overdone and I'm sure James is agreeing with me. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to let you finish a few words because as soon as I start on this, it's, 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 it's over the top. It is way over the top. It's, it's an extremely what we would call cinematic scene. Um, it's very, it's just, it, I, I mean, the best way to say it is it's over the top. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I really don't have another way to describe it. It's too much. It didn't, uh, it, I mean, uh, you, going down the river in barrels, that should have been action-packed enough as it was. But it, you add in this chase with orcs uh, who in the book, you know, granted they don't appear in that part, but, you know, again, um, as different people translate different things, they, they may embellish a scene or translate it, you know, differently, use different words or, uh, you know, what, what have you. I'm not sure what phrase Peter Jackson got from being bedraggled and almost drowned into somehow being able to fling weapons back and forth to each other. But sure, <laughs> sure. Let's, let's just say yeah. that's a mistranslation and be happy. Yeah. Well, and see, and there you go. That's another way you can look at it. <laughs> you know, honestly, the part I just made fun of is, is the only reason I semi enjoy that. If it was, uh-huh. That like when they're actually tossing things to each other, I'm like, that's so over the top. It has now made it campy and enjoyable. Uh, well, and yeah, uh, and I didn't, I well, one, I could have done personally, I could have done without having the orcs there. Could have done without having the elves there too. Um, I mean, you know, just kind of, it, it may have just been better just to leave it the way, it, closer to the way it was in the book. But again, you know, we're, we're trying to treat this more as a different translation instead of an adaptation. Would I'm not you, sure we're making our point very well. But would, you, would you like me to jump in here or do you want to keep going? Um, uh, okay. Well, okay, before you jump in, my biggest problem, and, and, and I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit more uh, later on, but my biggest problem with that scene was, bomber and his barrel armor <laughs> and his whirlwind attack i thought that was that 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 wasn't campy that was just dumb i, I thought and i'm gonna let you go <laughs> damn it no i have more things <laughs> all right so i'll keep mine simple and straight okay so i i, I can get behind peter jackson's thoughts on this and and I, and I get for, you know, I don't know if I do. We we grew up with with movies like Rambo and and the nin, and Enter the Ninja and and all sorts of action packed Arnold Schwarzenegger type action movies. But then we also would have watched when we were younger slower movies that were more thoughtful and and everything. So I, I don't agree with some people's idea that Peter Jackson did this and he had to keep making things 
more so and more so and more so to get the younger people to come and watch it. Partially because when I went to the movie theaters, it was everybody our age and a bit younger who loved the books and would have been watching it anyway. But it's okay. I can get behind us wanting to make something action-y because it is a movie about a lot of walking. <laughs> I, um, exactly, yeah. But uh, I think my issue with that particular scene is that there's so much different. The dwarves never fought. There were no goblins. There were no elves. It, it, it was a, a scene of Bilbo simply rescuing everybody. And, and he did. He still got them out of the elf king's kingdom and got them going down the river. Then it's, then it's just relaxed and, well, relaxed by, you know, them almost drowning and everything. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's just a way to get from where they are to where they need to be. Yeah. And, and he added so much. And part of it is he added the fighting. The dwarves really, although they're picture them being good fighters, especially during the Battle of Five Armies. But mm-hmm. they, up until that point, you don't know. Crap. They didn't bring freaking weapons in the book. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's, and that's a very good point. They, the, for the adventure, in the book, the adventure they're going on to reclaim their ancestral home, they really weren't very well prepared. <laughs> no. Which, which actually may be an interesting future thing. How would a D&D party... <laughs> But that, that's uh, before I digress there. And so I don't yeah. know. And, and, and the Elf King's raftmen, when Bilbo came out with the dwarves, were completely and utterly shocked. And I get why. Yeah. You have, you have Legolas, who, who's sort of going against his father's wishes. So maybe the elves that were there, it was okay because they didn't give that information back to, to the king. But it's just, there was, I don't know, I guess it was so much heaped on top of that the translations were so different. It was, yeah, well, it was almost like a Catholic reading the Bible and a Baptist reading the Bible and uh, a Unitarian reading the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I, anyway. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go because that, 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 that gets out my main points without being <laughs> too snotty. Uh, excuse me as I put my pint back to my face. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that was, um, that was the main scene I was really going to talk about. <laughs> I did want to, I, I, but I, I want to talk about, um, I guess, more some of the characters that were either introduced or different. <laughs> Azog the Defiler, uh, not in the book, but is mentioned. He is mentioned in the book. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, he, he is. He is actually. He's. I mean, he's. It's mentioned that he was killed in the book um, and was actually killed by King Dane, who was in the third movie, which we won't talk about yet because I'm sure James has some things to say about that. Uh, I, I actually didn't have a problem with the character outside of the fact that it was just, you know, he was supposed to be dead already. Bolg, who is in the movie, who kind of acts as his second in command from the point on where he's introduced, is actually his son. That is mentioned in the book, that Bolg is his son, not mentioned in the movie. But they, uh, they, they obviously they both play a bigger role in in the in the movie, um, and I think I think one of the things that Peter Jackson was trying to do was to, in a way, heighten the suspense, and maybe tie it back into a little tighter to Lord of the Rings to the movies, and, and you know just to show how much of a threat the the orcs and the goblins were supposed to be. I think in a story of this type, uh, maybe that's it's. Again, uh, I'm going to use the phrase too much. And, and at some point, you know, maybe we'll do an episode where we talk about the Lord of the Rings. And I, I would almost say that his movies for Lord of the Rings are not enough compared to the book. And obviously the Hobbit movies are too much compared to the book. <laughs> 
I, you know, you know, and again, again, I do enjoy the Hobbit movies. I, I thought the Lord of the Rings movies, I thought all three of them should have gotten Academy, uh, should have gotten best picture at the Academy Awards. All three of them. Uh, Return of the King obviously did, but the first two I thought should have got it too. Uh, and then that, uh, that's the a, reason for, well, we're just going to wait for the third one bullshit. Either uh, yeah, it deserves yeah. it or it doesn't. You don't say that, you know, because it's a trilogy, one gets it. Yeah, but uh, I, with The Hobbit, um, I, another, well, another character that's introduced completely new was Alfred, the assistant to the master of Lake Town. I really, 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 really could have done without that character. <laughs> I think the actor did a great job of portraying the weasel. Oh, yeah. He just didn't need weasel man in there. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I, you know, I but, but I guess as an agent of the master of Lake Town, I guess, I, I don't know. He just, yeah. Um, now, on the other hand, um, another new character that was introduced, and, and I know there's probably a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this. I personally, I like the character of Tariel the elf um, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that she needed to be in the movie or movies but I did not mind the character I liked the character I, I didn't mind her being in the films I, I thought um, Evangeline Lilly did a, a great job portraying the character oh yes she made a wonderful elf yeah but I I did not like the story arc they gave her <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the 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 whole love triangle thing there just didn't I mean it, it didn't it didn't work for me I, but you know again I, I get it you're trying to draw in the widest possible audience you can and so to draw in female viewers you're gonna have to put a female character in there and I know Hollywood seems to have this idea that you have to put a love story otherwise women aren't gonna come see the movie I personally I think the love story in and of itself is just poorly done yeah yeah, I don't, I don't and, mind the addition. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say I, I know from what little I've read about that. Um, she when she signed on, I I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. I'm reading the the quotes right, but it it sounds like when she signed on, I don't think that she was opposed to the love story between her and Keeley. I I think what she said was. I don't want it to be a love triangle. They shot, because when they shot the movie, they, they shot with the intention of just doing two movies. And apparently Warner Brothers really pushed them to add more stuff and turn it into three movies. One of the things that Warner Brothers was pushing for was a love triangle. Now, maybe I'm misunderstanding that. Maybe it was just the love story in general that was not supposed to be in there originally. Anyway, what happened was they had filmed all her stuff without the stuff that she had said she didn't want to do in the first place. And then when they called everybody back to do reshoots and additional footage, she couldn't get out of doing this love story, love triangle thing because uh, you know, she was kind of stuck with it at that point. She apparently was not real big on it. <laughs> um, you know, but again, I know a lot of people didn't like one because she's not in the book. And I do get that. You know, and again, if you're, if you're thinking of these as different translations, this may just be something that Tolkien decided to leave out. That Peter Jackson said, no, I think I like that and, I, and I'll explore it more. I didn't read a lot online from the people who objected to the character being in there. Uh, so I don't know how much of that was honestly, she's not in the book. Why is she in the movies? And how much of that was, here's Hollywood trying to force feed diversity to us. I personally, I don't have a problem. I, you know, 
you want to put more women in the movie? Fine. I don't care. You want to put more minorities in a movie? Fine. I don't care. I, I may have a problem with you trying to change a character just to satisfy something like that. I'm not opposed to more women and more minorities in, in the stuff I watch. It just doesn't bother me, you know? So I'm not, I don't have a problem with her being in the movie. I, it, you know, um, like I said, my problem was the story arc. And, you know, if they had left out the love story, I still think she would have been, a, she might not have had as much time in the movie, but I still think she would have been a, a good character. I don't know. That's just my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> that has a lot of two cents. No? Yeah. Uh, but my two shillings would be, I agree, but I'll go into more detail. <laughs> okay. Um, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think she was added to, to create a female character, which Again, I, I have zero issue with. Whether yeah. it's because and, of and, and I'm going to interrupt here. If you've never read the book, there are no women in the book, period. I, they, they, there's one, one or two. Well, Bilbo's mother's mentioned, and his cousin, uh, Lobelia Sackville Baggins, is mentioned. Uh, but that's it. They're mentioned. Not in the book. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> so, yes, I, I have zero issue with her being in there. And. And I, I think it was to create a character. When, when Tolkien wrote these, of course, it was a different time. And in Lord of the Rings, he added uh, one very, very strong woman. Um, I would even say two, even though Gladriel doesn't show the strength like Eowyn does. But still, I, I'd say two. And I have no problem with uh, Arwen being stronger in the movies than she is in the book. We'll actually probably do an episode about that. <laughs> Yeah. So I've read a book about that particular subject. So yeah, but go ahead. <laughs> so but, but zero issue with her be, uh, Tario being in The Hobbit. Uh, and I actually am completely fine with it, except I think they could have made her a stronger character without the love triangle. I, and I would agree with you. I, I think so too. And, and most of the women I know, know well, and, and I have this habit of becoming friends and, and having relationships with with women who are strong um yeah. so i don't like weak ass people uh <laughs> they would rather a strong woman just stand on her own than than have to to make it be because there's some guy involved yeah and and it still could have been for the dwarf she could have stuck up for them she could have said no i think you're wrong uh or or went out and killed all the orcs and goblins but without it being some horribly stressed love story which just <laughs> she kicks ass just let her kick ass yeah that, that was ex that's the point right there yeah she kicks ass just let her be Hell, I, let I'm her be who she is yeah i'm even okay with legolas being in love with her and sort of getting shot down by her you know because that's yeah that's okay although you know every woman i've ever talked to who likes the movies can't understand why anybody would turn down orlando <laughs> but that, that's a different point <laughs> Yeah, 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 okay. I, I guess I can see that. And I do like uh, so adding or Tolkien, uh, Jackson adding the the bits in there about Dolgador because it shows Gladriel kicking some major ass. Yes, yes, it does. And that's okay. So just just kind of touch on the subject of women in Tolkien's writings. No, there are not a lot. I mean, even when you look at the Lord of the Rings and you look at the Silmarillion, there are not a lot of women compared to the number of men that are in those stories. But and I think this is where a lot of people maybe get it wrong because they they complain about the the ratio of men to women or the lack of women in the stories. The women in his stories are some of, if not the most, powerful characters in those stories when they appear. So it's almost like 
it's quality over quantity in those stories. I agree both with that because Gladrail is the strongest non-supernatural, non, 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 I mean, elves are immortal-ish, but you know, they're not the, yeah. the, the Valar or the Maiar. So, right. you know, uh, you take out any of those and she's the strongest person there on Middle Earth. Yeah. And Eowyn's the only one who can, so spoiler alert, Eowyn's the yeah. only one who can kill the Witch King. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, there, there may not be as many of them, but the ones that are there, they're very powerful. And, and Tariel. I thought they did a really good job of having her uh, be a, she is a strong character, but yeah, I, I, you know, like what you were saying, I, I agree. You know, the, the love story doesn't need to be there. She does not need it to make her a strong character and to give her something to do. And, and I would like so. to stick up for Tolkien real quick. Mm-hmm. Being the, the age he was and the, the culture he was from. So here's the context, context, drink. <laughs> mm. He would not have been able to write women really well. He, he would not. So I know in this day and age, there's a big push to get a diversity in writing. And I'm, I'm completely cool with that. I enjoy it because I get to learn about other cultures and the one I grew up with, which was very white. You know, it was a farming community in, in, in Midwest India or yeah, Midwest United States. If he tried to write at, at, with his culture and his upbringing and everything, I don't think he would have written a woman very well, which, you know, maybe that's why Eowyn was written well because she wanted to be just one of the warriors and it didn't matter what your gender was because she was just one of the writers of Rohan. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't think he would have made a character very well being a feminine, strong woman because he didn't have it in him. And would you rather him try to write those in and completely make it horrible or, or write what he knows? I see your point and and I will not disagree with you. (laughs) Although I will say, when we get around to uh, covering this in another episode, I've some things that he did <laughs> that were positive that I don't think everybody catches because I didn't catch it. And then I read this other book and I went, Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to, uh, we'll probably talk more about this in another episode, but uh, there's a couple more things I want to mention here. Um, one in the movie, there is a cameo, and I'm trying to remember, I think it's in the second movie, uh, Desolation of Smaug. I, there is a cameo by, and I believe it is Professor Tolkien's great-grandson, Royd. Yes, that is, it's like Roy with a D at the end of it. I'm not a name that I had ever actually ever seen before. <laughs> um, but he, he's got a cameo in one of the Lord of the Rings movies, too. Um, which I won't, I won't tell. I, it's he's he's in there. Trust me. I think he was one of the one of the the master of Lake Town spies that was watching Bard as he was smuggling the dwarves in. Um, I think that's where his cameo was in in the Hob, in the Desolation of Smaug movie. So I have not picked him out yet. So, but yeah. Um, so somebody from the Tolkien family actually had a cameo in both trilogies. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is, since we'll probably talk in the future about how much. Tolkien's family hates them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so speaking, so you wanna, I'll let you go back in there in a second if you want, but, but speaking of uh, cameos, it's, it's not a yeah. cameo at, at all, but, but Radagast, the fact that yes. one of the Doctor Who's played Radagast, I, fa- I found to be awesome. Um, which is something I don't really watch Doctor Who. I've watched a little bit of it. I've liked what I've watched of it. I think that was kind of neat. One of the guys that, one of the, one of the doctors was 
was Radagast. Now you were going to say something about Bilbo's hero arc. Yeah. So that's one of the other issues with the barrels out of bond scene and actually a lot of it. So Tolkien was huge on, on folklore and fairy stories. And and we'll probably do an episode on that too. Not uh, partially on Tolkien, but on, on other aspects of it too. But yeah. And he drew from Anglo-Saxon myths and, and, and Jody, I know is going to talk about that. One of the things I didn't like about the movie was it took away some of Bilbo's well it took away his, his becoming a hero and it didn't because it still he still did the same things he still had his you know he woke up alone under the mountain before he found the ring and Gollum, and and he still rescued the dwarves from the spiders but it, it does take away some of that aspect of the, the dwarves seemed capable without him ish and in the book they weren't so it, it I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say without understanding why the movie did what it did. Yeah, but it but it it's, takes away. It, it, I'm glad you brought that up because it actually plays into the last thing I was going to mention. I I stumbled onto. I have not. I haven't tried to watch it because apparently it's still like a four four and a half hour cut. There is a guy online who did, uh, and he called himself Tolkien editor, and he took all three movies and cut out a bunch of stuff some of the stuff that we've already talked about that we liked like the stuff from the appendices from from the uh from lord of the rings that with the dull golder stuff um cut out all the stuff about uh tariel the elf and you know the whole love story um and got all three movies down to one movie at, at like i said about four to four and a half hours um and it's online um i think it's on BitTorrent somewhere i haven't tried to find it to download it because he said it looks like a six gigabyte file but that's one of the things what you were just saying is one of the things that he talked about in the edit that he did was that it makes Bilbo's story arc the main focus of the movie which kind of got lost between the second and third movies as they were released as Peter Jackson had done them which I suppose maybe because Peter Jackson's translation involved more other people and Tolkien's yeah. translation comes straight from Bilbo, who was naturally going to be one-sided. But I, I still yeah. don't. It, it doesn't match up with with how fairy tales and folk tales and folklore really tell stories, and it muddles the story, which I think. Hurt. Yeah, I would agree with you. I will agree with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe that's an episode we should do down the road. Is maybe talk about the Brothers Grimm. And, and, you know, and, and speaking of different translations, um, because they had a, okay, I will say this, they had a habit as, as they would publish newer editions of their collection, they would take stories out, they would add new stories that they had not previously published, and they would edit the stories that they kept, and over time, as later editions came out, the stories became more and more child friendly as opposed to some of the, the way that the, as opposed to the way the stories were originally written in the first volume um i think well tolkien probably read it in the original german because um, <laughs> i'm pretty sure he did speak german i know he spoke many languages and he was able to read a lot of stuff in the original languages he uh or they that was his thing with disney he, he was adamant he he didn't particularly want any of his books to be turned into movies at all, but he knew it was going to happen. He was adamant that Disney not get a hold of his books because of what they had done to Snow White and Cinderella and several other stories. He was not happy with the way they had treated the source material. Yeah, he's a, uh, and and we'll touch on this when we get to Tolkien on fairy stories and 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 whatever whether that's its own episode or it's part of a bigger thing. But he yeah. was a firm believer that. 
you let the kids see the horribleness of it and, yeah. and then you teach them a lesson. You, they see the horrible, but you see the good and you see how to get through things and you use that as lessons. Yes. Instead yeah, of there's a, birds. there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. There's a lot of folklore in his, and I mean, he knew it. He read it. <laughs> it was a huge influence on him. Uh, you know, I, personally, I, I, okay, I know the biggest thing that he drew from was the Anglo-Saxon Norse mythology. I am still convinced, though, that that is not all he drew from. Well, and, and the Finnish mythology, too. I know the Finnish mythology had a big influence on him. I still say that those are not the only influences that he had. Uh, I, there, I, I still say that there was Celtic stuff, even though I know he really did not like the Irish myths. Um, and I do think that the Greek myths played into it too, because there's stuff in the Greek myths that I yet to actually, maybe I just haven't read the right stuff in the Norse mythologies, but I, uh, there is stuff out of the Greek mythologies that he uses that I, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I just haven't seen it in, in the Norse stuff that I've read. On that note, we will, uh, what are we going to do? No. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll end on that note unless yeah. you've got something else to add. <laughs> no, no, I, I think that's good. Well, we we probably have more Tolkien coming up, but you know we'll we'll intersperse it with other fun things too. Otherwise, we should have just called it the Geek oh, yeah. Cast. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll we'll. Uh, um, I don't know what we're going to do in the next episode, but we'll uh, we'll think of something probably not Tolkien related. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm looking around my living room at my bookshelves and my, I, my movie collection. And I have my music my collection. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. All right, so yeah, until next time. I'm Jody. And I'm James. And we'll talk to you later. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. What the hell? No, my internet connection is not unstable, you piece of crap. <laughs> I can get another like 22 inch or whatever it is I got, so.